are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. I'm going to start reading from uh, Philippians chapter 2. And uh, we're talking about family is esteeming one another today. Esteeming one another. And uh, you notice on our board there, it says honoring. Basically, esteeming and honoring is much the same thing. Okay. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ... Any comfort of love, if any fellowship in the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Father, we just ask that you would bless your word to our hearts today by your Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe that God is doing a, a continuous work, a continuing work among us. Do you believe that? Uh, we can... God can use people with common goals and and passion for ministry. That's very important. Uh, Our pastor has uh, laid out the vision for the church, and the rest of us uh, grab a hold of that, and we're all going in the same direction, doing the same thing for the Lord. God works through people who honor others the same way that God honors them. When God looks at me and when God looks at you, he don't say, oh, I, I really, I like Lance better than Hayward because he's more talented. But God has made me the way that I should be, that the way that he wants me to be. And he's made Lance the way that he wants him to be. And he's made you the way he wants you to be. And he wants us to function in that. And he wants us to appreciate that in one another. The fact that we are God's handiwork. To esteem means to recognize, to honor, to respect, to appreciate, to consider. And so as we begin this morning, the first point I want to make is that Christ brings new life. We don't have to go any further than our own experience to know that, right? although the Bible also says it, but we have experienced new life in Christ. This new life brings with it a new way of doing things, new attitudes, 
new priorities, new desires. And we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. I'm using a lot of the scriptures today from the, from the New Living, or the, for, from the, uh, some from the New Living and, and from the New King James. But Paul says, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. That's one of the things that should be taking place in my life and in yours once we become a part of the family of God. Because what God has done in my life has taken me way beyond what I naturally am as a human being. And you can look at every brother and sister in this room and you can see the same thing. The potential that we have in Christ is tremendous. And Paul said, we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. He said, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. What he's talking about is when they walk with Christ on this earth, like they, they just saw him as a man. They weren't going around and saying, oh, God has come to town. Jesus was telling them that he was the Son of God, but very few of them really grasped what he was saying. The religious leaders heard it, and they knew what he was saying, and, and they were very upset about it. In fact, basically, that's why they crucified him. They figured he was blaspheming. But for most people, they looked at him as a man. And when we look at each other, we are, we are prone to think, well, how can God use him or how can God use her? I've known him since he was just a little whippersnapper. You know, how can God use him? We, we need to get an, a, a popular evangelist in here. Someone who has been successful in healing hundreds of people. Or prophesies accurately. We fail to realize that amongst us, we've got a powerhouse. The power of the Holy Spirit resting upon God's people. Just as important and just as powerful and can be used just as mightily by God as anyone from the United States or South Africa or China or anywhere else. And Paul said, how different we look at him now. He said, this means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, and a new life has begun. And the more you and I walk in that new life, the stronger we become, and the more effective we become for the kingdom of God. This is a foundational biblical truth. We are a changed people, empowered by the Holy Spirit. We can boldly proclaim the Word of God. Anointed by the Holy Spirit, we can teach and preach, make disciples, 
giving and sharing our faith. We can operate in the gifts of the Spirit, in healing and in, in prophesying. Bringing comfort and hope to the hopeless and the lost of this world. Any semblance to what the world calls success in our lives, in our church, it really is the blessings of God poured out upon us to bless others. Whether that's in the area of finances or church growth, our gifts, our talents, our abilities. God has blessed us with all of these things to be a blessing to others. And so when you see someone playing masterfully on one of those instruments, you realize that God has blessed that person. It's God's grace. Now, God places within your heart desires, and sometimes you, look, you may look at, uh, at, at one of our musicians and say, I wish I could play like him or her. But really... Are you willing to put in the time and the practice that those people put in to be so proficient at what they do? It's one thing to desire, to want to do something, but there's another thing to buckle down and do it and be, begin to train and do everything you can to become the best that you can be. And that's why we strive for excellence within the family of God. Although we experience a personal transformation and a, and a relationship with Christ as a member of the body of Christ, we are one of many. One of us, just one of us in here this morning, wouldn't be quite the same as all of us together here right now. We could still tell God we love him. We could still thank Jesus for shedding his blood on the cross for us. We could tell him what we need and all of these things. But there's something about the whole body coming together and contributing what God has blessed and graced each one with. But as members of the body of Christ, we're responsible for our personal conduct. My actions can help or hinder the whole body of Christ. So can yours. As a pastor, if I do something wrong, it's going to affect more people than probably you if you do something wrong. But no matter who we are, we're, none of us are an island unto ourselves. And so whether we're doing good or whether we're doing evil, we're affecting people for the kingdom of God. You see, as a pastor, I can't bless your sinning. I can only bless what God blesses. It doesn't matter what I say 
if, I, if what I say doesn't line up with God's word, God is not going to bless it. And so in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I read, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because all of, of all he has done for you. Let them be a living, holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. We need to do the things that we know is acceptable to God. And Paul said this is truly the way to worship him. The King James said, your reasonable act of service. But in our, the members of our body, we use our hands for the kingdom of God. We use our feet, our feet to go where God calls us to go. Our hands to do what he calls us to do. And our lips to speak what he calls us to speak. Paul goes on in verse 2 and he says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you in a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know the will of God for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because we are new people, the changes that take place in our lives is enhanced by word, reading the word of God, feeding on the word of God, as the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And so in order to be changed into that man or woman that God has called us to be, we need to connect with God, communicate with God through prayer and through his word. We also have a corporate responsibility. He says, because of the privilege and the authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. I'm reminded of a story. The pastor who had really a good sermon, you know, there's sometimes when you, you after the, the, the message is over, you feel that you really hit the ball out of the park. You hit a home run this morning. So they're on their way home, and he, he's pondering over the message and everything and feeling good about it. And he looks at his wife, and he says, You know, honey, there's not too many good preachers left in this world. And she said, Yes, dear. There's one less than you think there are. <laughs> Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measuring, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given you. Just as our bodies have, been, have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with the body of Christ. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. That's a good reason to esteem one another, right? In his grace... Verse 6, still in Romans chapter 1. In his grace, God has given us different gifts 
for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Wholeheartedness is a theme that rings throughout the Bible. When the children of Israel requested a king, Samuel laid out to them what it was going to be like. For up to this point in time in their lives, they had been under God's rule, a theocracy. But now they were wanted a king like the rest. And so after Samuel told them the pros and the cons of it, in 1 Samuel 12, verse 24, he says this to them. He says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. And that's what we need. We need revival in our church. We need revival in our individual lives. It's not enough just to come to church and have a service and have good music and have good messages and have good programs. All of these things are a part of being a church. But we need to have the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit upon us over and over and over again. It is not a one-time experience. You can't look back to 30 years ago and say, Praise God, I remember when God uh, saved me and filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave me utterance. What about today? Is that fire still in your bones? Do you still feel the same about Jesus? Do you feel, still feel the same about souls? Are you concerned that approximately 13,000 people in Coal Lake are in no church this morning? Revelations chapter 3, verse 16. God is talking to the church in Laodicea. And he tells them, you're lukewarm. He said, you're not hot and you're not cold. You're lukewarm. And he says, if you stay that way, I'm going to vomit you. I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. God wants people that are on fire. God wants people that are on the cutting edge for him. He hasn't changed his message. We are vastly changing. The church of today is nothing like the church of my boyhood. 
But within the church today, people love him just as much as we loved him back then. But just as we are today, it was back when I was a boy, we needed revival. We needed a stirring in our hearts. And for the past 70 years, uh, I can testify to that, at least 65 of them, People have been getting close to God. They've been giving their lives to the Lord. And they've been falling away from the Lord. And God is good and God is gracious. And he calls us back to him. One of the reasons why he calls us back to him. One of the reasons why he wants to continually fill us with his Holy Spirit is because he's concerned about the masses of people in all of our communities that do not have any connection with God. And he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Second point is godly esteem of self and others. Many of God's people have either a poor self-image or a proud self-confidence. And both of these are wrong. At the same time, we often use a wrong standard when evaluating others. We need to see ourselves as God sees us. Not as how we want someone else to see us. But see ourselves as God sees us. And re- remember, God sees us all the time. It's not just me, it's us, it's we together. We have a beautiful example in Israel's esteem of Joshua. In Joshua chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. The people answers Joshua. And they said, all that you've commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. That's the criteria for church advancement. Paul said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And so as leaders, as pastors of, of, of this beautiful church, we want to set a standard. And as the people of Israel said to Joshua, as long as the Lord is with you, that's the criteria, only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. If that's the case, we will follow you wherever you go. Our churches want godly leaders. Our churches don't want to come in and just hear, have their ears tickled. The people who come to church, the people who seek God, want to hear the truth. And it is our responsibility as pastors to preach that truth without fear or favor. Let's promote a biblical view of brothers and sisters in Christ. 
Psalm 133.1 expresses the joy of unity amongst God's people. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You see, esteeming one another produces unity. When you look at each other and you appreciate your brother and sister in Christ, you're going to be in unity with them. King David likened the unity of God's people to the fragrant perfume that was used in anointing Aaron the priest. In our opening scripture in Philippians chapter 2, Paul the Apostle presented three principles for Christians to dwell together in harmony. And I've taken this from the contemporary English version because it's all in the positive. You remember when we read it at the beginning, it was asking the question, is there any encouragement in Christ? Is there any love? Is there any comfort? But the, the uh, contemporary English version puts it in the positive and it says, Christ encourages you and his love comforts you. God's spirit unites you and because of this, you are concerned for others. And then there's unity of thought. He says, now make me completely happy or fulfill my joy. Make me completely happy by living in harmony, by showing love for each other. Be united in what you think as if you were only one person concerning the things of God. And then unity of purpose. Don't be jealous or proud, but be humble and consider others more important than yourselves. Care about them as much as you care about yourself. And think the same way that Christ thought. Not willing that any should perish, but that everyone would have eternal life. So this message and application touches every life within the church and it affects the proper functioning of the whole body of Christ. You must function as you are and not as you prefer to be. God made you. If he wanted you to be something different than you are, he would have made you that. You can appreciate something in another brother or sister. Appreciate their gift. Appreciate their talent. Appreciate their boldness. Appreciate their wittiness. All of these things. But you are the way that God made you. I'm the way that God made me. I don't have to act like Billy Graham when I'm preaching. I don't have to act like Lance Steves when I'm preaching. I just got to be me. God has gifted me. There are some people that I can speak to that, that they will hear what I say, but they won't hear what Lance says. Lance can say the same thing. And they miss it. I, I've been in the ministry for quite a while, and I don't know how many times I've had speakers in. And I've been preaching just probably just a few weeks before that on a certain topic, a certain subject. And they come to me after the other guy has spoken, and they say, oh, pastor, wasn't that good? Man, I never heard that before. And I think, oh... I've been preaching this ever since I came here. 
But that's the value of the family of God. A different voice, a different way of putting it, phrasing it differently. And all of a sudden, the light turns on. And there's healing that takes place in the life to become enlightened. So function as you are. You can appreciate what someone else has, but don't try to be like them. Use what gifts or talents that God, God has given you. Fulfilling God's given ministry faithfully, that's what's important. The ministry that God has given you, fulfill it faithfully. We make ourselves available, and God makes us able. Amen? Don't ever say, I can't do that. Okay? You say, yes, with God's help, I will. So I don't know, I've never did this before, but we'll see. At least I'll give it a try. See what God will do. Don't covet your brother or your sister's gift. Be willing to accept your limitations. Every one of us got limitations. Accept your limitations. And there must be, always must be room for the functioning of others. Do you know something? There was a time when the only worship we had in our church over the last 10 years was me playing on a guitar, and basically I'm a three-chord person. You can get anything. You know you can get anything in three chords. It's not going to be perfect, but you can sing along with it. But there were times when, when we had to use just me. No one else was around. Everyone else was gone. And we did it. We had some great services that way. You see, God will use whatever you make available to him. But you're not going to get Pastor Hayward with his three chords when you've got a beautiful orchestra, beautiful band around, right? But you appreciate it, and you just use whatever God has given you. You're not everything. Don't try to do everything, and don't try to be everything. God, know, God knows your given ministry and, and in the body, and, and so limit yourself to that. Practice esteeming and honoring others. Give them an opportunity to be used for God. We need each other. Even the most weak and feeble has a place and a function in the body of Christ. Be humble. Think of others better than yourself. We should never value others by their looks, by their abilities or accomplishments, but by their value to God. And every one of us is valuable to God. Every one of us are his children. You're his boy. You're his girl. And God loves you. And he's proud of you, just the way you are. Within a family, you can have one kid who's a whiz. You go to PTA, and, and there's, the teachers are just glowing at how smart your kid is, and you're so happy. And you go to the next room, and the other one, I mean, I had one of those. <laughs> and uh, I know... 
After a while, I just said to Effie, I'm not going to any more of those too embarrassing. I'm not going to any more of those PTAs. That's it. You can go. I'm not going. And I didn't. But he'd say, the teacher would say, that boy is just daydreaming all the time. Look at his book. It's all doodles all over the place. But he don't do his homework. He don't do, you know. How can the difference be in the two, two kids, same family, same parents? But you know something? I'm so proud of that boy today. I love that boy just as much as I love my, my whiz kid daughter who married a handsome young man, became a pastor's wife. You see, God looks at you and I the same way. He loves each one of us. God sees each one of us as worth dying for. He died for me and he died for you. You know something? The excitement that those of you who are parents felt when you heard you had a new baby, a baby boy or a baby girl, God is just as excited, probably more, when there's another son or daughter born into the family of God. And you're just as important on that very first day is when you've spent 45 or 50 years serving God. You're his child. He adopted us all and, and accepted us who accepted him as his personal savior. In 1 John 3, 1 says, See how very much our father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. So look at each other as God's special children. The same God, the same Holy Spirit works in us all. Every person is important. Every gift is important. The young, the old, the rich, the poor, the spiritual, the weak, the spiritually strong. Everyone is important. We're all the body of Christ, a powerful army for righteousness. Do you need any more convincing than that? I think not. But let me just close with this. This is what God's word declares about every believer in this room. Every one of us. Together. Corporately. Every one of us. This is what we are. You are royal priests. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. You are royal priests. A holy nation. God's very own possession. As a result you can show others the good, goodness of God. For he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. You say, Pastor, they were talking to the, to the, to the Jews at that time. No, they weren't. They were talking to God's family, the Christians. Amen. And that's who you are. That's who your brother is. That's who the person sitting next to you are, is today. Amen. Esteem, let's esteem one another. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much that we're a part of the family of God. And Lord, help us to recognize, Lord, the, the intrinsic value, Lord, that you've placed upon each life.
And Lord, help us, Lord, to use our gifts together, to pool our gifts together. Lord, to do a mighty work for you in this community. We give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer today, you come. We'll be glad to pray you, pray with you uh, between services. Lord bless you. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.